we would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we have some crazy ideas. Yes, we have some crazy ideas we're going to talk about, and some of them may be unpopular. Some of them may be popular. Some of them may be so insane that you go, what in the world are they thinking? That's right. We're going to be talking about unpopular nerd opinions or geek opinions, um, which will be our opinions. And maybe, maybe, because we have opened this up to the Discord uh, server fairly early, Maybe some of your unpopular opinions. So we'll see if any of our wonderful listeners speak up and throw out their their ideas. So where shall we start? Who wants to throw out their oh, unpopular man. opinion? Because we know Alton's just sitting there with some some hand grenades. Just like, <laughs> yeah, you, you better you better me. save me until last in case you uh, need to suddenly cut the audio. You know, <laughs> we we have the button the the button of doom. Where R2 just goes, wow! And then <laughs> and Dan comes back in going, man, that's really weird. It sounded like Alton might have been about to say something, but unfortunately, we got to end it to there, folks. I'm well, sorry. it's it's like that really weird. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, the uh, deleted scene from uh, Revenge of the Sith, where uh, Anakin is talking to Obi Wan, and they have it where he talks droid and it just sounds so weird oh, yeah. and crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, that's, that's suddenly going to be Alton. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to be able to understand it, but uh, yes. So unpopular beliefs. I mean, I can throw out mine, I guess. I'll just start it off with mine. I don't know if it's as much of a secret uh, as many as I would like to believe, but I, I believe I've mentioned it multiple times. I am not a Harry Potter fan. I just dislike the series. Which genuinely surprises me. It really does. Um, I, I do have a Hufflepuff robe. I do have some wands, but as far oh, as- That explains it. I am, I am not a fan. Now, the interesting point is, I do like the Fantastic Beast movies. I enjoy that storyline because that storyline to me seems more realistic and more credible than the Harry Potter story. Um, there is just something wrong. I mean, this this makes this is where it makes zero sense to me. You have this over this big baddie that literally can destroy the universe and take over the world and magic and the the world of ordinary people like us, and yet he's so obsessed with this boy this kid and so much to his own doom it just it makes zero sense to me yeah that's my that is my crazy crazy um unpopular opinion okay krebs you want to take this one that's a good one i i totally understand I, I mean, okay, so I think I'll go first because I think, uh, Elton, if I'm not mistaken, you're the bigger Harry Potter fan between the two of us. I do love Harry Potter. Harry Potter is my wife's Star Wars, basically. But I, on my own, I do love and enjoy Harry Potter. I will confess a couple things. One is uh, I stopped reading the books after book three because I would read the books before the movies. I would go see the movies. And then I had a hard time enjoying the films. And so I yeah. decided that I would read the books after the movies, but I never actually went back and did that. So... I've only I've only read books one through three and I've and I've seen all the movies. I I I get where you're coming from. I do. 
but I do love the mythos of Harry Potter. I think that there is some genuine brilliance in there, even just the story behind the story of how J.K. Rowling was homeless and telling these stories to her children. And then now she's like uh, an insane millionaire. Um, you know, I, the rags to riches story behind the story is wonderful. And, and there's always, we, we've talked about the hero's journey. I think that Harry's journey is um, poignant at points. I think that it's honest. I think that uh, it, it resonates with a number of people because they're having life experiences like that as well. To that end, I will tell you that when I see people on the train and we have conversations, you know, as we're going to conventions or whatever, they're like, wait, 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 what, what uh, Hogwarts house are you? And I'm like, B, I got my own house. I don't have to live in freaking Hogwarts. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, that, that stuff, or like, you'll say like, oh, well, you know, I, I prefer Gryffindor or whatever. And they're like, I'm Slytherin. We can't be friends. And I'm like, you're a douche. We can't be friends. Like, it's, it's just, it, I, I don't get that deep into it. So I can that's, definitely understand. So that's so when you reply, are you also a cancer? I, <laughs> well, that's, that's actually my name. So yeah. So, so this is the thing that I feel like Ron has more of a story or more of a character arc, a complete character arc than Harry, Harry does. I don't feel like Harry really grows much. Hermione, um, Ron, uh, Neville, all of the, e even uh, Jenny, uh, what, Jenny, uh, oh, man, I'm blanking on his name. White haired boy. Uh, Malfoy. Malfoy Draco. has a, a yeah, Draco has a stronger character arc than Harry. I don't feel like Harry has much of a, a, a variance in his story arc. It's, it's, it, it, they're slight bumps, but I really feel like if you break it down, Ron is the true hero of the story, okay. not Harry. Okay, so, okay. Hold on now. <laughs> I, have to, I have to make a couple of points here. All right. Um, first, lest Joanne take us down, you need to add a number of zeros to your estimate there Krebs uh she's not a millionaire she's in fact one of the wealthiest people on the planet second off sense. I, I do need to point out something that normally I shy away from which is that you two are old fogies and uh, <laughs> I understand that the books were not coming out when you were kids um no I was this 22 is, when it first came out so and, yeah. and and this is I not, read I read much better literature before then wow and and, and this is by the way not me saying that I am the hugest fan of the universe or the entire series or that I'm here to plant my flag and wave the banner and shoo everybody away from it. I, I, I believe that they are fine children's slash young adult books. I also think that they grow well and scale well with kids. And as one of the people who was those ages as books were, as the books were coming out, um, it, it resonated with me on some levels there. However, Dan, the critical argument that you are making, I agree with kind of, but I disagree that that's a reason to dislike the book. And here is why. I believe that Harry's lack of character arc is actually one of the things, intentional or not, that made the books very popular because the majority of the things, even though it's not written in the first person, we are seeing from Harry's perspective. And as a book targeted towards children in those awkward years of trying to figure out who they are and things like that, there was a degree of magic 
in being able to show up and be in those shoes because I as a person was growing and changing and evolving as the books did as well. And so it wasn't necessary that Harry, the viewpoint of the book needed to change because I was. Um, and I think that that is as, as unintuitive as it is, I think is part of what has made the books so successful because you aren't trying to follow Harry's character arc you are seeing the world through that perspective, if that makes any sense. It does. And yet Percy Jackson, which is a very popular series, does a much better job. And Percy has a better story arc, even though you have multiple characters, just like Harry Potter does. It's true. But uh, Percy Jackson didn't have JK Rowling insisting on total creative control. And so his movies got jacked yeah, I know. up and then you know, and, and, and don't get audience. me wrong. I think it's amazing what she has done. You know, you're right. She was homeless. She was telling these stories to her children and it's become something. You know, uh, the Frank Baum, the, the creator of The Wizard of Oz, same, you know, very similar story. Those stories were stories to his children. And like people are like, hey, you should write a book and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we those stories have lived on. I think it's fantastic that story and for those people that love it that's fantastic don't get me wrong i'm not like oh you shouldn't listen. you shouldn't right. go read this uh i just don't enjoy it and, and i and i realized part of the problem is i was reading other books because mm. it came out when i was an adult mm -hmm. i realized that and that's probably why the fantastic beasts novels resonate so much more for me because those are more targeted towards adults where Harry wasn't, um, but it just, and I get there are lots of Uber fans out there. I get there are people that don't love Star Wars and that's okay. But for me, I just, that's just one of my unpopular opinions. I just am not a fan of it. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, but man, I will admit this. I do love me some Gary Oldman. Yeah. It's oh, yes. Black. Yeah. Can't go wrong there. I love me some Alan Rickman for the same reason. Oh, yes. I love both Alan of them. Rickman. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. All right. So let's pass the unpopular torch, shall we? Yeah. So, uh, Are we saving you know, Elton that, for third or second? Yeah. So here's the thing, right? Like, like Dan, Dan kind of put on the kitty gloves. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, Krebs, I'm going to need you to escalate just a little bit farther <laughs> before I get you wow. to Wow, that was kitty gloves. All right. Oof. Well, Oof. Can, I can uh, throw out some other things. <laughs> I, I, I've, got, I've got a couple of pretty heavy-handed ones. Um, so, I think that... Okay, so unpopular nerd opinion. Here we go. I think the Wii, Nintendo's Wii, was a, was a mistake. I think that the I think that the direction that Nintendo went at that time in history went from the leader of home console innovation right down to just making a cheap buck with disposable hardware using games that were meant to be low commitment and disposable. They intentionally made a platform that was disposable. And what's, I cannot deny certain facts. I cannot deny the fact that Nintendo made a buttload of money on that. They did, they made a ton of money. Do you remember all those Wii peripherals, like fake tennis rackets and fake oh, yeah. guitars and fake steering wheels and all this other stuff? You, you would find most of the Wii sports stuff at the, Darla, at the, like the thrift store that had been like, recycled because people had um, almost immediately stopped using them 
people will say, but wait, but wait, Krebs. Like, and I brought this up in my solo episode a couple of weeks ago, uh, but the Wii innovated motion controls. No, they did not. They were not the first one to announce motion controls and the motion control hardware they had was inferior to what was found already stock in the PS3 controller. The difference is that the Wii because of the games that they chose, because they, they because they chose to impose motion controls onto the developers as opposed to making it optional. It is true that the Wii utilized utilized them better, but the hardware, the telemetry, and even the quality of game, like or I shouldn't say the quality of gaming, but like the the depth of its usage was not as good as it was other places. The Wii marked a time in Nintendo's life where they turned and went directly for the cheap and easy low-hanging fruit of video game collectibles instead of pushing hardware, pushing game development, and pushing the industry uh, upward and forward. They went with cheap and easy. What happened after the Wii was they had the Wii U, and even Nintendo admits that the Wii U was a bad idea. And now we have the Switch, and the, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But first, let me get love, your reactions to I'd like to a that. word with you. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we would like a word with you. Um, so uh, uh, now you've made some interesting salient points, I believe, that I haven't heard before. So I'll give you that, give you that. However, I uh, would also remind the, uh, the, the kind gentleman that, uh, you know, Nintendo had been very much falling out of favor for quite some time. Uh, while the Nintendo 64 was popular, the GameCube, comparatively speaking, was not a strong entry point, a feather in Nintendo's cap, despite the fact that they did, in fact, not very well, but did try to implement a number of hardware improvements there and trying to create some options that were still centered in the family-friendly category. And as that, that war was being terribly lost to the xbox and the ps2 um i believe that it was not only in their best interests but in the best interests of the gaming community at large for nintendo to reevaluate where they were coming from and what their critical strategy was to get into as many homes as possible because while i do believe that playstation uh has the power behind it to be the console of more advanced graphics and serious quote-unquote gaming um and xbox has its own unique weirdness um <laughs> I, I i don't know i think that i think that they really need to lean into their strategy of moving away from hardware and focus on cross compatibility and, and software solutions more which has always been their strength nintendo is one of the last mainstream bastions of total family encompassing family-friendly entertainment and focusing into a market that enabled them to be an inexpensive accessible console that could be in everyone's homes and that everybody could sit down and play because there wasn't a huge language barrier to learning to interact with the system I actually believe was not only a good move on Nintendo's part, but I think it was good for the industry because it has opened the doors to a whole new generation of gamers and a whole new generation of programmers 
to be thinking about the way that they can interact with hardware, as well as bringing an older generation into a more understanding space that, you know, video games didn't necessarily have to just be a mind suck and they didn't all have to be out of the way. There were ways to build better content. That's my opinion. Dan? You know, uh, I used to love the Nintendo. You know, I I remember getting my first Nintendo, opening mm-hmm. that box, playing Mario for hours, pulling out the gun and shooting the stupid television screen, trying to hit those ducks while that dog laughed at me over and over. You know, and then you'd get games like Paperboy, where you're this you're trying to deliver papers while insanity is trying to kill you. I do I you know. I have never known a lawnmower to chase someone by themselves or <laughs> cars, kids on bikes. And you got to watch more horror movies. Yeah, Whirlwinds that come out of nowhere and obliterate you. Um, but I played that game for hours and then like Excite Bike. You could, mm-hmm. yeah. I never played the games. I always built courses and played those courses. That was what we always did. It was the original you Minecraft, know, like, bro. Yeah. Mike Tyson's punch out, man. I put so many hours in that, but I I've never defeated Mike Tyson. I, I I never have, but I've always tried as little Mac. I love this Super Nintendo. It was fantastic. Um, the N sixty four was a little difficult for me. I I hated the controller. I I will admit I did not like the the Trident controller. Um, and not only that, I think it caused a lot of problems with some of the games, like. One of my favorite games, and I wish I could find it, and I would buy a N64 just for that game, is Shadows of the Empire. Such a uh, good game. Amazing game. Um, come o- come over to my house. Uh, you have it? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I have it. Well, it is a three-day weekend this weekend. Maybe I'm coming over. Um, <laughs> you know, I... And then we, then, then we get, you know, the GameCube. And I just, I couldn't buy into the GameCube, but the Wii was fun at first. It was really fun at first, but then it quickly died on me. Uh, There wasn't a lot of fun games. uh, And there was all this paraphernalia, which, you know, like you said, was just crazy. And it was a cool idea. I will admit it was a cool idea. But it was just annoying. It was clunky and in the way. It was just easier to hold it. Um, so, ah, I have enjoyed this. I've enjoyed the switch. I've definitely enjoyed. They they kind of change gears, creating a home system that's also portable. But the Wii and the Wii U, I'm, I'm gonna have to side with Kreb. I, I really wasn't a big fan of it. I uh, definitely didn't enjoy it. And I feel like it was long direction because it wasn't even trying. And I get that they were trying to do something different, but it wasn't even, it didn't even compete uh, for the market. I, I realize I, okay. So, so a few, a few rebuttals to all this one, once again, I want to clearly acknowledge this. It's not that the Wii was a failure in the Nintendo ecosphere, right? Like, The Wii made money hand over fist for Nintendo. And it was strategically, to your point, Alton, it was a strategic move. The the Xbox 360 was coming out and it was already, it already had a price point of, uh, I think it was $400 or was it $350? And then 
um, the PS3 was coming out and the PS3 was and um, had amazing potential and it had some incredible tech demos and it was really, really impressive and then came with the sticker price of $600, the most expensive console to hit the market since the Neo Geo. And then the Wii showed up and they're like, we're 200 bucks. And then it was just like, and they got to the shelf before the PS3. Uh, I, if I, I'm trying to remember this exactly, I should probably look this up, but my memory says Xbox 360 dropped and then the Wii dropped nearly right on top of it, just like a week or two apart. And then the PS3 didn't show up for like another couple of weeks. And there's a whole history there, right? In terms of like what did what, you know, what the outcome was for each company. That, that part, like the Wii strategically made Nintendo money. I don't disagree with that. The GameCube uh, is a severely underappreciated, amazing console. The Agreed. GameCube... Uh, thank you. The GameCube has fantastic, amazing games. And the GameCube came out at a very interesting time. At the time, PlayStation 2 was just skyrocketing in popularity. And then, and, and, and the strength of, of the PlayStation 2 was that it was normalizing the rising popularity of Eastern gaming, Japanese gaming, in the Western uh, culture, right? And it was bringing single player narratives. And it was bringing third-party games. And it was it had this enormous library that Sony had almost nothing to do with except through relationships, right? So they had this incredibly diverse library and they were just selling these things like hotcakes. The GameCube comes out and it has the strength of Nintendo behind it and its IPs, Mario and Zelda and all of that, right? Which is what Nintendo does every time, which I'm gonna talk about in a second because it makes me nuts. But, uh, but the GameCube also was bringing over some Japanese gaming and some and some other IPs and they're doing some very cool stuff and the truth is that system even though it was kind of even though it was kind of weird with like the mini DVDs and you know it had it had the forward controller ports just like the N64 but it had a more standardized controller like the PlayStation and what would eventually be the Xbox like it had so many things going for it and I totally agree with you that it was underappreciated in its day. It is still, in my opinion, to this day, a great game console to play on. So the GameCube in my book, even though it was not as profitable as other platforms for Nintendo, it was still a great platform for Nintendo in terms of what Nintendo brought to the market and how they, 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 were, they were one of the first, well, they had the ability to be 480p at a time when 480p televisions were just becoming more normal they weren't common but they were more normal um and they had like component video they were doing things that advanced the industry at that time microsoft came out became the xbox became the 800 pound gorilla in the room uh microsoft introduced the games that would become the the genesis of esports all that stuff right and so gamecube kind of got left in the dust ps2 is still to this day the number one selling game console of all time um, so yeah, GameCube got left behind, but they, they, they could have, they could have taken that moment and been like, Sony's going strong and they've got, they've got that new octa-core processor that no one's ever seen before. That's pretty amazing. And then you've got Microsoft 360 and they've got, you know, Hollywood clout behind them as well as Microsoft developers. And that's pretty strong stuff. What can we do to fight that? And instead of fighting the big behemoths, as they have always done and won, mind you, instead, with the, with the stepping down and passing of the original president of the Nintendo uh, electronic gaming uh, franchise, or not franchise, but that, that wing of the Nintendo company, right? With him stepping down and dying, then here comes Reggie Philzame 
And instead of being brave and fighting the good fight, they instead pivot and go for the easy money and the low-hanging fruit. And now what are they doing? They've now built what we would consider a rather revolutionary or forward-thinking platform, the Switch, which I think is good hardware. It's a good platform. But it took them three generations, including the Wii, to get there because someone who was afraid took them toward easy money instead of innovating the industry. And that's my unpopular opinion. Yeah. No, I, mean, I appreciate I it, that. though. Thank and you. I appreciate that. that. They, they were the revolutionary, you know, company. And yes, you know, placed... Well, and this is the thing that a lot of people don't know. The original Sony PlayStation was actually going to be Nintendo's next-gen console. Yep. They even designed a cartoony Link game. And there's like, no, no, we can't do that. And that, they backed out. And Sony's like, well, we already have it. Let's throw it out there. So that was one of their Nintendo's mistakes. And then they come out and Nintendo has a cartoony Link game anyways, years later. Cell shaded uh, and all that, yep. Yeah, so it's just like... Wind they had the opportunity to be out there in the forefront. They made some bad choices and they've kind of. The, the, the cherry on top, and I'll, and I'll leave it at this and we can move on to Alton. The cherry on top is that even though the Switch is really great hardware, I still argue it is not, it is not the successful platform it could be yeah. because they're still recovering from bad IP choices yep. and they're just sitting on their, they're living off of their laurels while they recover. They've been in recovery mode ever since, ever since the Wii began to die. And mm -hmm. the Switch could be a better platform than it is. It's a good platform. It's great hardware, but it's only a good platform. And I think it could be much better, but they're still in recovery mode. That's something that I absolutely agree with. I think that when they had the momentum and they had the attention and the input, the cash flow happening, that's when they should have doubled down and not done the horrible job of Wii U. Um, you know, it, it, they, they tried to capitalize off of the brand instead of the momentum. Yep. And, and I think that was their critical mistake. But I also think that the one thing that all three of us can, can, can agree is that the most critical mistake of, of that generation was that KOTOR was only on the Xbox. <laughs> Freaking Microsoft. They well, knew what know. they had. They knew what they had and they locked it down. I mean, you can get it now on uh, iOS. You can download it on iOS, both KOTOR 1 and 2. Ooh. That's true. Now, thank you for bringing a good fight there, Krebs. I, I, I really appreciate that you, you know, brought some I, heat. I hope, I, hope I, I stepped it up enough that you're, you're pleased with your opening. Yeah, yeah. and um. You know, and, and Dan, I hope that we can agree that, you know, good character arcs and good story are, are still a vital part of, of the world, you know, and, and not just gross capitalism, um, I think is something that both of you have kind of driven at here. Yeah. And so that, that leads me, you know, into my, my critical opinion here. Transformers is not a good franchise. It's it's in mm. fact a pretty garbage franchise. Whoa! For um for precisely the reasons that both of you have brought up your unpopular opinions and your things, it's a shameless money grab that does not have strong characters or strong stories relevant to what they are. 
if I took out the Transformers universe and copy pasted other character faces on, I don't think anything changes about the franchise. And to me, that's a, a critical failure. Now that's not to say that it can't be liked or that it isn't popular or that it didn't serve an important niche in the capitalistic society of the time. But I also think that it's something that we should all just shake hands and agree that it's time to let it go and, and move on to, uh, to, to better pastures. And uh, I can see Dan's face turning red and uh, Krebs had to adjust his headset. <laughs> My body is ready to quote our good friend, Reggie. <laughs> now, my, my question is, what are you basing this off of? Just the Michael Bay movies? Because if that's if that's all you've seen, then of course I can totally understand your opinion right now. I I, I believe that the Michael Bay movies are definitely the nail in the coffin that kind of demonstrated that you know if you're looking for action porn, then sure, there's something there for you. But there 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 wasn't enough to build on, in my opinion, for for them to have a chance at being good films oh no those films are garbage uh, i as a transformer fan i admit those films are garbage um you know when you have key characters that you waste that you throw away uh dinobots come on you have the dinobots and you they're you they become useless fodder um when you have great characters that you end up destroying uh you, even bringing back Leonard Nimoy to voice a character could not save that franchise, uh, which everyone now dubs the Bayformers. Uh, <laughs> you know, the cartoon series, when it came out in the, the 80s, it clearly was, it, it, was a, it was a commercial. Yes. Let's, let's face it. It was a toy commercial designed to sell toys. Just like He-Man, they were copying that formula of, hey, let's throw out a cartoon it will sell toys. And it did. It sold a lot of toys because let's face it, none of the toys from the 80s match any of the cartoon characters you saw uh, on this, the screen. However, the uh, 1986 animated film is still today one of my favorite movies. And it has one of the greatest soundtracks I've ever heard. Now, you, you can... You've got can, the touch. Yes, you can. You can disagree, but man, that is the first time in a cartoon or animated film that I saw a character that I loved and cherished die in front of me. Yep, and it was a bold move, and I know it put a lot of people in therapy, and it, <laughs> it caused the GI Joe film to be pulled, and then they redid it because they planned to kill Duke, and then decided, nope, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> And the majority of the toy line was killed off. Uh, if the, the comic books that go from there are great. They have some poignant storylines. They really delve more into a, an adult or older teenager, uh, uh, which expounds on that universe. And, and it really brings depth to those characters. Uh, I, I would even say the new Bumblebee movie did a much better job at the films than, than the Bayformer one did. It, it gave credibility to the characters. Um, it did. But that's okay. 
and the reason for that is I know you grew up with Beast Wars, and that was a subpar Transformer series. Garbage. Yeah. Um, even this New Kingdoms release on Netflix that brought them back was still kind of like, uh, this is kind of garbage. But that's okay. I'll leave it up to Krebs now. You know, I, there's actually a lot here that I agree with, which is I realize that's not necessarily the point of this episode, but but we are also being honest with our opinions. Uh, yes. I totally agree with you about Bayformers. I look at at the Transformers movies by Michael Bay as a masturbatory celebration of his own perceived genius. He thinks he's that good a filmmaker, and uh, it his his own hubris definitely got him in the end when he started messing around with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and he originally proposed that they were not ninjas nor teenagers nor mutants nor turtles but rather turtle-esque aliens from another planet and and when he made that announcement there was so much backlash in social media that he walked that right the crap back and then he made the mutant ninja turtles again right um the, the, the Bayformers do not count. Bumblebee, the movie, was, I agree with you, Daniel, I think that that is the best live-action rendition of Transformers ever in history, including attempts that were made in the 80s to like bring Optimus Prime into a more realistic uh, world, talking to a real kid as they show like, clips and stuff <laughs> from other shows. We have but, the like, Power Masters. Yes, yes. Um, but Bumblebee was great. Part of that was that Michael Bay was just the money behind that. He was the producer and not the director and not the writer and not in creative control. And it helped a ton. Uh, but, but, and, and two, uh, one more, one more thing I agree with that the, that the cartoon, the first gen in the eighties was designed to sell toys. That is a fact. We all know that I will retort with, Hey, I lived through the eighties and you know what every cartoon was? A commercial to sell toys. In fact, yep. thanks to the success of, of um, let me think, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, it wasn't Buck Rogers, but it was like, uh, well, Roy Rogers toys, and there were there were like Howdy Doody toys. You know, going back to the fifties, yep. there were there were shows that once they were popular enough with a young enough crowd, all of a sudden they started producing toys. But really, if we're being honest, it was the advent of Star Wars and the genius of marketing through toys. After, you know, in 1977, after that movie dropped, that changed the landscape for IPs and toy conversions. Uh, and, and we've already talked about how the cartoon was really just, uh, it was like a translation of what was already popular in Japan, bringing it to the States. Totally understand that. But every successful cartoon in the 80s was a commercial to sell toys. Yes. And it really didn't matter which one came first. It didn't matter if the toy came first and the cartoon came after or vice versa. It really didn't. And we can look at things like GoBots, for example. GoBots was a show that was closer in quality to He-Man and I believe He-Man was an inferior show. It was popular, but it was inferior for yeah. many reasons. But GoBots was, was the He-Man-esque version of Transformers, and Transformers and G.I. Joe were better. The shows had stories. The shows dealt with social, um, with social uh, topics at the time, like, uh, again, in the 80s, War Against Drugs, right? Like every cartoon had an episode about don't do drugs. Um, there were... Uh, car- there were episodes about treating people who are different than you with equality, mm-hmm. episodes about literacy. Ep- there were meaningful episodes in Transformers that while they may not have advanced the characters very far, if at all, they did serve as platforms for bettering the 
the psychology of children at the time. And so I think that there is a lot of value there, not in the character arcs, but in the value of the show. And so, yes, your opinion that Transformers is a trash platform or trash IP is unpopular, if only for the sake and the glory of the first generation. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And I will admit it's okay for you to be I, wrong, I, I, Elton. I, I don't want to end friendships tonight. I've no, you're not gonna, it's you're been not such working. a great show. And... You no, know, we still love you, even though you hate Transformers. We'll Elton still... Wheelhouse's last episode, everybody. Thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> you know, that, great. that, that great. is the, that is the good thing about <laughs> the geek community. You can yes. disagree and still be friends. That is darn straight. Friends. Give it to us, Elton. No, no, give us your rebuttal, buddy. Come on. So the, the thing is, is that I, I really haven't heard you rebut my primary point, which is, which is that toys for toys' sake are fine, and I'm and I'm fine with Transformers being toys. I'm fine with Transformers being video games. I'm even okay, I guess, with Michael Bay having explosions and you know sure. Dutch angles and 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 fart jokes and you know, that's his thing. Okay, whatever. People are willing to put money in it and go America, I suppose. But that doesn't mean that we need to keep pulling this thing out and keep trying to make it work because it, it served its purpose, which was it sold a whole bunch of toys and now it's making Hasbro a whole bunch of money. And, and... I, I got a rebuttal against that. Look at Marvel and DC. They, they're constantly doing that every so many years. They re have some event and recycle characters and bring them back. Oh, don't you get me wrong. That was also on my list of potential things to try to poke tonight. Uh, Alton, you didn't hear me rebut that point because I don't disagree with you on that point. I don't, I am with you that we okay. should not be resurrected or that we should not be rehashing. We should not be rehashing the Transformers platform over and over again to its detriment. Because I agree with you, Beast Wars is trash. In fact, everything from Beast Wars forward is just utter garbage. And I hate everything about it. I, the toys, the toys, we, we've gotten to, guys, we've gotten to a point where the toys transform themselves or have like three easy movements to get there instead of introducing responsibility and complexity of design and beauty of design into toys for children to teach them to be thinkers. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, so here's the thing. That's the if greatest argument out, I've ever heard. If you go out, <laughs> just, just go to a toy store or go to any store that sells toys. And if you look at the shelves, what are the toys that are, 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 are gone? And it's generally the ones that look like the generation one toys. You know, I, I go now and, you know, they've got the Transformer Kingdom based on the new Netflix. All the Beast War toys are still there. No <laughs> one wants those. They want the Optimus Prime. They want, uh, you know, Cup and, and Hot Rod and Ultra Magnus and Nemesis mm -hmm. Prime and all that. Mm -hmm. But no one wants Optimus Primal. No well, maybe that one. Uh, no one wants Dinobot. No one wants Rat Trap. Uh, it's just Truth. crazy. Truth. Um, Gen 1 has a place in our hearts for those that live through that and love that. And to get an Optimus, I, I have several, but to have an Optimus Prime that looks like the cartoon is amazing. 
Yes. Uh, you know, even there's an upcoming uh, convention here in the next couple of weeks. Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, is going to be there. So is Frank Welker, the voice of uh, Megatron. I'm getting a photo with him. I'm sorry. That is just amazing for yes. me. I, I love that. Yes. Um, uh, TLDR, Gen 1 changed the world for the better. And every rendition thereafter has been writing on Gen 1's coattails. Yeah, and, and and I will admit the new Transformers series that came out on Netflix, I had high hopes for, but man, they they trashed Optimus. The Optimus in that is not the Optimus that I fell in love with as a kid. It's not the Optimus that uh, I've am endeared to. Uh, I even feel like the Optimus Prime that we saw in uh, War for Cybertron and Fall for Cybertron that that game that came out yeah uh, in the early two thousands. That is a much better optimist yes. than that. The problem is, and, and, I, and I will agree with you, Hasbro does not know what to do with this IP. And they yeah. keep trying to resurrect it in a way that is not good. If, if they would only stick to what they had, the magic they had in Bumblebee, I think we'd have a great couple of movies. But they keep trying to mess with it. And, that, and it's ridiculous. I just, I just, I, thank you, Dan. It's okay. Also, I, I just want to purposefully mangle Krebs's argument because it brings Please. me deep joy of Transformers needs to exist for the children. We, <laughs> we need to teach them important skills and dexterity. Well, well seriously, Transformers <laughs> were my Rubik's Cube. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. Okay, I've, I've played with the original Transformers toys. I totally get it. I just think that it was such a funny thing in the back of my head to hear that argument and have my brain contorting around it. It just made, just made my night. Thank it's you, good. gentlemen. Yeah. Like, Thank I, you. So that was I, a really good controversial opinion. I have a masterpiece uh, Optimus Prime that I had shipped over from Japan, and it came with a 40-page instruction manual on how to transform Ooh. him. It is not a minor transformation. Um, but yeah, that was my jam as a kid, man. I, I could transform a, one of those without even looking at it. That was my Ruby's Cube. Yeah. So I, I love those toys. So anyways, all right. So we're, we're running, uh, we're right up against our time here, but I was kind of hoping if you guys were up for it, just a brief lightning round, fast expression sure. of your opinion, our brief immediate reaction, but not rebuttals, pass the torch. Uh, what are we doing exactly? Just we throw out a Light, random... lightning round unpopular opinion. For example, uh, I think that the Aragon book series is garbage after book one. Uh, well, mm. the movie's even worse. The uh, movie is worse, but we're not talking about the movies. The book one was great, and then and then books two on are just disgusting garbage. That, yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of those books. So that's a that's I'm not gonna like argue on that one. Um. And then the movie just made the. Yep. No, I'm with you. Agreed. Movies pretty bad. Then books could have been better. They could have, but look, love you, to Chris. Be Sorry. Fair. To be fair, he was 17. I mean. Yeah, but he wasn't when he wrote the second, third, or fourth book. Touche. No, but he was still fairly. He was still fairly young. He still was fairly young, and that was like his first book he'd ever written. Yeah. So yeah, I'll mm. give him a bit of leniency there, but. Yeah, Fine. I'm not saying he should never They're write another book on, on the planet ever again. I'm just saying that that series went to to, to heck in a handbasket right after book one. Alton, I'll, I'll just say 
Oh, I'll go just ahead. say I've never read past the third book because I gave up on the series. Well, there yeah, you go. Okay. That's a sign. Alton, low-hanging fruit, unpopular opinion, go. I think that uh, Forgotten Realms was a mistake on the part of Wizards of the Coast to choose their primary universe. Oh, I agree. Um, I, I think that there were richer options available to them, and I believe that many of the tropey things that they decided to do within the Forgotten Realms ideas, lore, and canon actually have led to a great detriment for the game at large. No, I agree. I I, I think uh, from a business standpoint, it's a massive world. So it's mm -hmm. easy to want. But Kryn, Dragonlance, is a very rich world. Eberron, yes. even, is a much richer world. Dark Sun is a fantastic world, which I wish they'd bring back. Man, I love that in second edition. Uh, barren wasteland desert planet. Uh, very Conan-esque uh, game system with aliens. Man, I, I wish they would bring that back. The, the, this, I'm, oh, man, I'm going to get <laughs> charged up on this one. I hate the fact that fifth, fifth edition came out, and it's like, this is all you're getting, Forgotten Realms. Screw everything else. And it's like, yeah. You had all these fantastic worlds in the other editions, right up to second edition and third edition, they kind of started phasing out. We still kind of had them there. The point of the game is to be able to run in these worlds. Why are you limiting yourself? Totally. Why? Yeah. Now, now Dan, Man. I love you, but it is a lightning round. So Daniel, what is your low hanging fruit that, on popular that's opinion? That's the problem. We threw out one that i'm gonna like i want to talk another hour on oh know, dude, right we'll, we'll, we'll have a whole nother episode on alternate universes for D &D. <laughs> but, Yo, uh, daniel that's daniel. another episode unpopular uh, opinion please go my low-hanging fruit uh and i'm uh, i'm uh this hurts this one hurts to say it, it's gonna be rough but uh um, say it I do not believe there has been a single good Superman film since Christopher Reeves. Ooh, that is unpopular. Mm. I mean, I think actually, well, I think a lot of people me, agree with you. But let me just yeah. go back since Superman two with Christopher Reeves because Superman fair. three was horrible. So it was four. There you go. Um, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Lois well, and Clark. Lois and Clark with Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. Horrible. Successful show, but not. Um, I mean, so was like the Highlander show, and that wasn't a great show either. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, don't start on that one. I, I, <laughs> I I'm still. I, I know we've had this conversation before, but I still think Man of Steel was great. I do. But that's what makes your. You know, that, that, that's your opinion, though. That is. That is. Uh. You know. I, I, Henry Cavill. I think he's the closest we've gotten to a good, solid Superman. My and it it could be better, but. I think Warner Brothers plays. Yeah, they won't let go. Yeah, I know. They've middle, yeah, they they muck it up too bad. That's why we have the problems we have. Of those Marvel biceps, I wouldn't either. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel is succeeding because Marvel is being as Marvel. DC is failing because DC is trying to run as DC with Warner Brothers telling them what to do You're and what not correct. to. Do and they can't do anything so that is my belief i yeah which just sucks and they should not have gotten rid of ben affleck as batman and robert pattinson as batman Ugh. yeah so you know what 
there are plenty of unpopular opinions to be had. And I am certain, in fact, I know for a fact that we have more of these unpopular opinions, but that's not what's important to us right now. What's important to us right now, Dungeon Crawlers, is that you hop on the Discord and you tell us either what you think about our unpopular opinions, or more importantly, you share with us your unpopular opinions. If you want to post it publicly, great. We can have that conversation. If you'd rather have it be sort of like private so that you don't cause like any undesired flame wars online, that's fine. Go ahead and private message us. We are super down for that. You guys are awesome. We are here for you. And we want to hear all the things that will make us angry with you. Yeah. Like Wizards of the Coast and Forgotten <laughs> Realm. Mm. Man, this sucks. Krebs, Krebs said low hanging fruit. And now he I said low hanging fruit. The fruit the was low. I, I wanted you guys to. I wanted you guys to fight with me. I didn't want y'all to sit here and agree with me. That's not a good podcast. <laughs> but now I'm fired up. Uh, okay well anyways. now we know what next week's episode is unless we <laughs> yeah. get awesome submissions from the discord server. next week's episode anyways. apologies to everyone <laughs> apologies to everyone because daniel blew up the universe <laughs> anyways yes we want to hear from you we appreciate you guys listening to us we want to hear more from you we want this to be interactive we want this to be fun clearly we're, we're just as passionate as you guys are um yeah some of us like transformers some of us don't some of us like Harry Potter. Some of us don't. Some of us just think Nintendo made some bad choices. Some of us don't. I don't know. I, I, I can't. I don't know. But, but we do know that there are people on both sides of the fences. We want to hear on both of those sides. We don't want to just hear ourselves talking, but we will talk. We will talk quite a bit as I am doing so now. But with that said, we will catch you next time. And dungeon crawlers, whether opening Griffin doors or committing optimist crimes, tell your story, whatever may come. And it does not matter if we agree or disagree, because in the end, we are all geeks together. And we should always remember to be epic and don't suck. Remember, the force will be with you always.